Welcome to the RAF Mildenhall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. in the presence of the Lord. It's all right to worship him. Hallelujah. That is who he is. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. Praise God for our praise team. Can we give them a hand of praise? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. He's a waymaker. Thank you, Lord. Before we get started this morning, I wanted to um, highlight, where's Hannah? Hannah Duke. Okay, stand up, Hannah. We love Hannah. And Hannah always feels awkward when I call her out. You can sit down, Hannah. Hannah's here for two weeks. She is alumni, like Royal Air Force Mildenhall Chapel alumni, sitting with the Aldridge's, um, our Cadence Ministry. So she's here with us. She's PCS, but she's back because she just can't stand to be away from us. Amen? Amen. And also, Rebecca Lewis, who left to take care of the kiddos back there, stand up, please. We celebrated you and we celebrate you again. We love you, woman of God. Congratulations again, you and Didi, who I know is watching. Um, we congratulate you on passing that nursing midwifery council test that you can now practice in the UK for nursing. God bless you. Prayed, prayed their way through it. So, so proud of them. Amen. All right, this morning we are coming from the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And I'm going to read, it's also on the screens. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethsaida, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew they had already been there in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir. I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. A thought for this morning's message is in the form of a question. What's keeping you poolside? What's keeping you poolside? Let's pray. Father and eternal God, I thank you for this opportunity to stand at your sacred desk and declare what you say in your word to your people as you touch their hearts and their minds and make a change in their lives that will never be erased for the glory of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What's keeping you poolside? 
what's keeping you poolside. Poolside is not just a condition in the scripture. It is also likened into a mentality. It's a way of thinking, illness, not just in the body, but in the mind. And sometimes we get so used to living the lie of who we've been taught that we are by the enemy, by the world, that we begin to protect the right to live that way. We begin to protect ourselves with reasons as valid as they may be or excuses. Why? Because it's, it's comfortable. It's familiar. It seems like the norm to be in this condition, in this mentality. It might be the case that you've grown up that way, whatever the illness may be. It might be the case that your whole family thinks that way. It might be the case that for all you know, it's what you've been taught. This is just the way it is and we can go on and on. So we live there because we're afraid to live free. We're afraid to live free. We live there because living free is foreign. Living free is not comfortable. It's not familiar. I, I know how to live depressed. That's, that's what I'm used to. I know how to live in anger. I was brought up that way. Some of us have allowed our identity to be so tightly tied to bondage and dysfunction that living in captivity is worth the risk of living in unknown freedom. Living in bondage feels better than the unknown living in freedom. What is so scary to the sick about healing is finding out who you are without the crutch or without the excuse so that you can stay there. What's so scary about paralysis is that without it, the paralyzed will be expected to move. What's so scary about or intimidating about discovering who we're capable of in God if we take the, limit, the limits off, is that we, we might be too overwhelmed. It's too overwhelming to think of us as free. Then we'd have to fathom being, living, acting, behaving, thinking in that state. Maybe we're not ready to know what we're actually capable of in God. A famous quote that many of us probably have heard before is, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. When we realize what we are capable of, there is an expectation of action that follows. We need to do something about it. So many of us are afraid to live in the fullness of who we are in God, in our freedom, because expectation follows. Now you expect something different from me. Now I have to do better. And that's a lousy reason not to live free in God because there's an expectation. But what we don't realize sometimes is that all of the heavy lifting of living out who you truly are in God, all of the heavy lifting of that is in God. He's already done it. It is finished. What Elder Ray tells us, tell us that. It's already done. Who are you outside of your paralysis? Are you ready for what you are capable of in God? Are you ready to live free? Are you ready to dig into who you might be without the paralysis, without the limits, 
without the delay in becoming yourself. Are you ready for that? Very familiar scripture, John 5, 1 through 9. What's keeping you poolside? What's keeping you poolside? If you don't know the story of the men at the pool of Bethesda, we're going to go through it right now. You'll be very familiar if you're not um, by the time we get through today. But John 5, 1 through 9. So Jesus, uh, if you read chapter John chapter 4, he had just performed the miracle of healing the nobleman's son. And it's saying that in chapter 5, verse 1, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. So the after this is after he had healed the nobleman's son, just performed a healing. He went up to Jerusalem. All right, here we go right here. <laughs> Verse 2. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate. Somebody say sheep gate. Sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethsaida, having five porches. Okay, let's look at Sheepgate right quick. Sheepgate is a common place, and in common uh, custom there, it was a place where you bring your sheep to be bought and sold. But I just wondered what that meant, sheep. So I dug a little deeper with Sheepgate, and I found out, so the Sheepgate is here, the pool is right here, and Jesus steps in, right, and he's next to the sheep gate, right? Jesus, the precious lamb of God, also calls himself the gate for the sheep. In his reference to the good shepherd, now this is over in John chapter 10, verse 7. Jesus is, is telling the, the Pharisees at this point in John chapter 10, verse 7, he says, whoever, you know, receives me, you, you have to come through me in order to get salvation, in order to get to God the Father. You have to come through me. I am the gate for the sheep. That's what he's saying in John chapter 10, verse seven. But here we are in John chapter five in verse three, verse two, where he's, we're saying that the pool of Bethsaida is at the sheep gate. Jesus is standing at the pool. The sheep gate is standing next to the sheep gate at the pool of Bethsaida, which also means grace and mercy with five porches on it. It's just funny to me, of course, five being the number of grace. Bethsaida also meaning mercy and grace. It's like Jesus, the lamb of God, the gate of the sheep is at the sheep gate, which is the house of grace and mercy. It's like, Jesus, tell us you're the son of God without telling us you're the son of God. The sheep gate is standing next to the sheep gate, offering healing to those who will while they're looking for it in the pool. But grace and mercy is standing right here. What's keeping you poolside? So Bethsaida is another, another word for um, the place, the sheep gate there. And it also means grace and mercy. And when I think of this place also meaning grace and mercy, you think of grace like, oh, it's the, you know, the kindness of God, the goodness of God, absolutely. But there is power in grace. There is power in grace for you to do through Christ what you can't do for yourself at the pool. Because we waiting on the pool to do it. 
we waiting for the, the water to be stirred. But right there, the sheep gate is standing next to the sheep gate, offering you grace and mercy, but you refuse to acknowledge his presence. So you're waiting poolside for the water to be stirred. But God says, I'm right here. It's already done. Verse 3. In these lay a great multitude of sick people. So at the pool, the sheep gate standing next to the sheep gate at the pool of Bethsaida, that means grace and mercy with five portions, the five, the number being of grace. In these lay the great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. So the people are waiting there for their healing, in the presence of their healing, but they're waiting for the pool to be stirred. Now a certain man, verse 5, was there who had an infirmity, 38 years. Now in some translations it said he had a sickness, he had an illness, um, he was an invalid, but I feel like infirmity is really dual-headed because it can be a physical infirmity and also a mental, emotional infirmity. It's a state of mind. Poolside is a state of mind. And when Jesus saw him laying there and knew he had already been there in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Hmm. I wonder if Jesus saw this man as a perfect opportunity to really just glorify God. He, he might have needed the most help at that moment amongst the others, but there were others there who had been there probably a long time and with other conditions. Why did he heal this man first? This man had been known as someone who could not walk in the community. Scripture doesn't tell us why he was chosen among others, but I just wonder, was God just using him as the perfect example because everybody knew that he couldn't walk? Everybody knew that he had been there for so long? So it was just a testimony to glorify God? And then Jesus asks him a question that the answer seems quite obvious. But I wonder if Jesus was trying to get the man to think about what he really wanted. Do you really want to be made whole? Or have you been here for so long that you have now identified as being this man who was an invalid for 38 years and you're comfortable being there? You already came here knowing what was going to happen. You want to stay here. Do you want to be made whole? Or would you rather just live in your degradation? Do you want to be made whole or do you want to just live under the means of who you are in God. Do you want to be made whole or would you rather just stay angry so people will leave you alone? Do you want to be made whole or would you rather just live in that anxiety because they know what it is, just give me my space. Do you want to be made whole or do you want to stay where you are because it's comfortable? What's keeping you poolside? He gotten so used to that condition that he talked himself out of the healing. So he was going through the motions and with no expectation of anything different to happen because in 70 says the sick man answered him sir now he just asked him do you want to be made whole he's answering him with sir i have no man to put me into the pool when the water stirred up but while i'm coming another steps down before me just isn't that interesting that the paralytic man is in the presence of answered prayer talking to answered prayer and doesn't even realize whose presence he's in, having a whole conversation with your healing and giving your healing an excuse to why you're sick. He's in the presence of answered prayer for his 38 year long problem, not just a problem. You know, okay, maybe, you know, I, I was um, at the race um, this summer and I was team red and I hurt my ankle. 
and it still hurts, but it's just been a few months. It's, it's getting, it's getting better. Few months, but no, you've been here 38 years. 38 years you've been you've been doing this thing standing in the presence of your healing you're still giving answers to your healing that will allow you to stay in your sickness and he had no idea he had no idea who he was talking to um for so long he had identified himself with his issue that when he was in the presence of healing he was blind to it verse 8 jesus said to him rise take up your bed and walk. So here in eight, Jesus provides instruction. So he, Jesus, Jesus asks a question. The man kind of gives an excuse. Jesus gives instruction. And then in verse nine, it says, and immediately, somebody say immediately. And immediately after what Jesus gave instruction, the man was made well, comma, took up his bed, comma, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. I'm going to come back to that comma situation in just a moment. But notice the man's healing did not come from the water being stirred. The man did not get healed because he got into the pool. He was poolside. Huh? Healing came immediately when Jesus spoke. Healing is in God's word. Looky here. And immediately the man was made whole comma, next thought, made whole, that's done. Next thought is action, took up his bed, okay, I'm, my faith action, and then walked. The healing is always present. The healing was always present by the poolside. You activate it in your faith. You take up your bed and you walk. It's always, you're healed right now. Whatever it is, you're healed right now. Next thing to do is take up your bed and walk. A faith action has to follow what God has already done. It is finished. It is a done deal. Your healing has already been set. You're in, right now in the presence of healing because you always have the presence of God. The man responded to Jesus's words with an action of faith. So Jesus spoke. Healing happened. Next thing, paralytic man responded in faith to healing that was already available from the beginning. It is done. Don't remain poolside. What's keeping you poolside? Of course, uh, it, it says also that um, at the end of that scripture that um, the next day was the Sabbath. And if you keep reading, you'll be able to see how the religious leaders begin to use that to uh, against Jesus. But we're going to stick with what we got going on right now. What is your faith response to what God says about you? What is your faith response to what God has already done for you? It's already done. So what is your response? Your response is always a response of faith. And poolside is a mentality, it's a thought process. We have to change our minds to say what God says and what God believes about us. So what's keeping you poolside are the words you're repeating to yourself about your situation that do not line up with the word of God, that do not line up with who you are in God. God's word are the only words that matter as it relates to you. No matter what he says, she said, they say, what does God say about you, because that is the truth, because it might be a fact. Okay, this, this is customary, like, and this is what we do. We come to the poolside, wait for the angel to stir the water. Okay, facts. Okay, cool. But the truth of it is that the sheep gate was standing next to the sheep gate with their mercy and your grace and your healing, and you were standing by the poolside saying that you could not get in. 
Didn't need to get in. Sheep gate's right here next to the sheep gate with your grace and mercy. Already available for you. What's keeping you poolside is mentality. Jesus, the Lamb of God, the gate for the sheep, stands at the sheep gate, offering you grace and mercy for whatever it is that is trying to hold you back from being just like who he created you to be in scripture. So what's keeping us from acting on God, his word about us and keeping us on the outskirts of who we know we are, keeping us unawakened to his presence is what we're saying to ourselves, what we're repeating to it's in our thoughts. It's, it's the time that we spend in God's word that changes that ticker tape in your brain that says you're not enough, that says you can't be free, that says you're always gonna be addicted, that says your mama and were like that, this is where you came from. This is what you grew up on. It's the word of, only the word of God can change that. But you have to rehearse it. You got to wash your brain with the word of God. And so when you get to know the gate for the sheep, you begin to realize what we need is not in the pool. It's in the presence of God and God's word. That's it. Spoiler alert, anything that I preach is going to boil down to the presence of God, the word of God, and faith in God. The presence of God, the word of God, and faith. Because any problem that you have, guarantee you, any problem that you have, God's presence can fix it. What stops us is, do you have the faith to believe that God's presence can fix it? The God's presence, faith in God's presence, faith in God's word. There's deliverance from whatever ails you in God's word. He's given it to us. All we have to do is receive it. So the opportunity that you've been waiting for to change, the opportunity that you've been waiting for to become delivered, the opportunity that you've been waiting for to be set free for your healing, for God to step into your situation and perform a miracle is always, always, always within reach. It's always available because the presence of God is always available. It's eternal. It's everlasting. It's in the past. It's in the present. It's in the future. It's right now. It's forevermore. You don't ever have to wait. You don't ever have to remain poolside to get your delivery. You don't ever have to wait for a faith response. You can do that anytime. So what's keeping you poolside? And it might be the mentality like, oh, I'm not poolside. I'm, I'm good. I don't have nothing. Up, oh, watch it. Dig a little deeper. It's something poolside in every last one of us, including me. It's something, pool, it's something that the Lord can deliver me from, you from, us from, all of us from. Dig deep for that and ask the Lord to set you free. Why? Because you deserve to live free. You are somebody's example of how to do this thing in God. You might not get up here and preach, but you walk into your work center or you are at home or you are an example to somebody, they need to know how to live free. How will they know unless you show them, unless you live out who you are in God and show them the truth of who God is in you? First Corinthians 2 and 16, Paul is talking about how God's people um, have access to the spirit of God through Christ, because this might be a big deal for you. Like, okay, how, okay, how do I not, how do I get away from poolside? How do I get away from poolside? First Corinthians 2.16 says, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Keep in mind that doesn't say, hey, go get the mind of Christ. 
that says we have the mind of Christ. And again, Paul is talking to us as people who believe, who have the spirit of God, because if you have the spirit of God, you have right now where you're sitting, the mind of Christ. It takes us getting to a place where we can acknowledge his presence and his power on us, acknowledge his grace upon us, the power of his grace, because the power of God's grace, remember, allows us to do through Christ what we cannot do for ourselves. If you've been trying to get deliverance in your own might, if you've been trying to get freedom in your own might, if you've been trying to, let's put it, to not have uh, the extra piece of chocolate cake in your own might, it might work sometimes. You might do pretty good every now and again. But when you have the spirit of God upon you, helping you, it gives you the power to do the things that in your humanity you could not. So trying to, trying to let's, let's, let's keep it safe here, trying to lose weight or change your diet um, with just your, your human power might work a little while, but the grace of God gives you the power to do things that you cannot. So when you get ready to give in, God says, not so. You find yourself on the treadmill. Why am I on the treadmill? I don't feel like being on the treadmill. Ah, oh, the power of grace has helped you. Lift your hands and thank him because he gives you grace. The power to do things that you can not because you have the mind of Christ on the inside of you. You have the mind of Christ on the inside of you because you have the spirit of God on the inside of you. So replace poolside mentality with the mind of Christ that is already there. The presence of God is already there. The word of God is already there. Get it in your heart. It's already there. Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. We walk after the spirit, so we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We are in this world, but we are not of this world. We are not conformed to this world, but we are transformed by the renewing of our mind by what? The word of God. It all boils down to the word. It all boils down to the word. So what's keeping you poolside? Because at this moment, you can choose to be free of whatever it is. Just by washing your mind with God's word. And this is a continual thing. It's a continual thing. We die daily, hourly, minutely, secondly, millisecondly. So it's a work that you have to do. But I'd rather us do the work to be stirred up in God than to do the work to be trying to get out of trouble with the devil. Just saying. Don't stay poolside when freedom is at your fingertips. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father and eternal God, thank you for your grace that is powerful, that helps us to do things through you that we cannot do on our own. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for being the gate for the sheep, the way, the truth, the light. Thank you for being the sheep gate. Thank you for being our grace and our mercy. Thank you for covering us and keeping us in our minds, that we keep our minds stayed on you, oh God because our thoughts will produce who we are. You said, whoever a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we choose to think on whatever things are good, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are a good report, because we know that we have victory in you. Wash our minds with your word, oh God. Wash our heart with your word so that we could continue to live through the sheep gate and not remain poolside. Freedom is eternally available 
in abundance. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, may the peace of God be with you.